Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we have Cole from Home to High Rise here to talk to us about renovations. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, so this is, is this episode 15? This is episode 15. Episode 15. So, uh, Cole, welcome to the show. Um, Cole is here from Home to High Rise. Uh, they are uh, renovation contractors. He's one half of the uh, duo that runs the company. Uh, they do both commercial and residential. And, and one of the great things about them is they do big and small projects. So if you want something uh, shorter that's just going to take a week or you've got a bigger, longer project, like maybe putting a basement suite together, uh, they're going to do all of that. Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in, Cole. We're, we're live on location, too, at a construction site. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we may actually have construction sounds in the background. There's nothing right now, but it will happen. Very, very quickly, people will notice that Matt isn't here. Uh, he is on vacation this week. And Matt, uh, we, Cole, normally we record at Matt's house. So we're doing a little bit of uh, fly-by-night here. Um, and without Matt here, there's no one to check our facts. Oh, I'm, I have the responsibility <laughs> this week of being the fact checker guy. You're, so you're, I'll be making sure that uh, you're fact every, everything that Jeff says <laughs> will be thoroughly vetted. <laughs> I... I, I I feel like, I'm sorry, Jer, I have more trust in Matt's fact-checking. That's probably I feel like you're an enabler. Probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Fair fair enough. Yeah. So what's what's been going on with you, Jer? What is going on with me other than um, there's a huge hole in front of my house? Yeah, yeah. This place is... Cole, we... We're not actually here to record a podcast. We just need you to help need a Jer quote. with renovating <laughs> yeah. his home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed you're not wearing a tool belt. No. <laughs> Huge holes in front of people's houses isn't necessarily my forte. No. Not that I couldn't get in one and poke around, but... Okay. Maybe. Well, he's got lots of holes inside the house, too. I that's just, probably more your speed. That's the kind of thing I can handle, for sure. Do you guys do baby-proofing? Uh, I have some experience with that as well, yeah, yeah. for sure. You have three Three kids, yeah. yeah. three yeah. kids. We're sort of past the baby-proofing stage, so Is there, nice. Are there any... Yeah, maybe we can talk about tips for uh, baby-proofing construction sites. That could be a whole, other, mm-hmm. a whole other episode. How yeah. to baby-proof a construction <laughs> site. Uh, yeah, no, I... We just had, like, a, a plumbing leak. Um, the notorious Polly B plumbing yeah. uh just in front of the house so that's kind of what we've been been dealing with kind of real estate related i had a crawl space that flooded we kind of knew it was going to happen though so i had did it flood right into your house the crawl space did yeah there's um because we're on a hill here foundation settled a little bit it's got a bit of a crack um and so it, it allowed the water to come in a little bit easier than it would have normally hmm. um, so we did yeah we ended up having water um yeah having water in uh, in the crawl space Everything's in totes. I've got some hardware, hardwood down there that it, it did get to about three inches. So it kind of is up into over the dunnage and sort of into the one of the packs of wood. But luckily, most of my hardwood's done. So it's not not, now, the, not the end of the world. Now, Cole, you might know with Poly B, there's supposed to be one that's better and one that's worse. And it has to do with the fittings. There's I believe, good Poly right? B? No. Oh. There's one that's better, better and one that's worse. There was a class action lawsuit in the States. Over worse Poly and B. less worser. And... And I always get it mixed up because some of them have the copper fittings and some of them, I believe, have plastic fittings. And Oh, I, it's the connections. Yeah. And I believe it's the copper ones. Do either of you guys know that or am I just making... Where, where is fact, Matt? Where is that? <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. that sounds familiar to me for sure, Jeff. That's one of those ones that uh, 
because of the huge liabilities involved with that stuff. You're like just not willing yeah. to go on record. No, okay, no. smart. I have a plumber for that stuff. <laughs> yeah. A couple of really good ones, and those guys know that stuff, and I leave it to them. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Luckily for us, it's just a small, um, it's just from the main shutoff out in front of the house yeah. into the crawl space to a hose bib and then to somewhere else. But they're all that. I'm just going to pay them to pull it out and put in new shutoffs and huh. right, regulators and things that yeah. weren't there anyway. So yeah, all that good stuff. So it'll be better than it was before, which is good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just going to take some time and I don't have a front patio. Makes what's sense. new with, what's new with you, Jeff? Um, well for, for my birthday, my wife got me Tony Robbins tickets. Ah. Good old Anthony Robbins. Yeah. 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 When we're being formal, um, he, uh, yeah, we went and saw Tony Robbins and there were, there were a bunch of speakers. Um, it was pretty cool. I mean, I like that stuff. Rach had never been to anything mm. like that before. Right. I was worried she was going to walk out being like, this is the, like, you like this stuff. You're insane. You're drinking all the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. But, but she actually like the whole drive home was talking about like things she wanted to do and things she was excited about. And she's got goals now. Yeah. I think she got a lot out of it, which was uh, pretty cool. And she's in full mom mode. Like she didn't go back to work after kid number two. Right. So it's pretty easy when you're stay at home mom to get, like before that she was super driven, yeah. very successful radio producer, um, like very goal driven. And mm-hmm. I think she's kind of gotten away from that. So it was kind of cool seeing on the drive home, her kind of the wheels were starting yeah. to turn. Is one of her, <laughs> is one of her goals now that she's, she's not a team. She wants to maybe go and do like podcast producing. Is that something, <laughs> was that one of the, the goals? Well, I, yeah, I mean, we, Cole, we've tried to get Rachel to produce our gotcha. show a few times, and she gives us uh, feedback, but not uh, um, not the level of production that she's capable of. Mm. Um, no, one of her goals was to have something for herself that has nothing to do with me or my business. Okay. Um, so I don't think podcast fits in that uh, in that bucket. Oh, that's too bad, Rachel. If you're listening, yeah, just let us know if you change your it mind. It could be for Matt and Jer and have nothing to do with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? What's what are what's home to high rise up to? Um, yeah, we're swamped right now. Obviously, it's really smoking busy in construction. So, um, what what are the like most busiest times of well, the year? Summer is always one. Yeah, like typically in construction, it's everything's crazy in the summer and slows down in the winter. Like that's kind of just the generic year by year. That's how it goes. Um, I think what we're in the middle of right now sort of supersedes that. Like it's, I think it's going to be busy right through till. Who knows when? Oh, wow. Yeah, like we're booking projects right now, like project projects, something that's going to require us to be on site, you know, for upwards of three, four or five weeks. We're booking those like two months out probably just from Mm. work that's stacked up over the summer. Yeah. And then, of course, we squeeze in like all our service stuff ongoing while it's required. And service is the little shorter jobs. Yeah, that's right. So so some of our service clients, like we have um, commercial clients who have multiple office and retail locations all across the lower mainland, and they might have some water-stained ceiling tile that they need popped out and replaced, or they have mm. a threshold for a door that looks like it's going to become a trip hazard, so they want us in to take care of that kind of stuff right away. Mm. Um, just little stuff like that. Often it's sort of safety-driven or aesthetics. You know, you don't want that eyesore being the first thing your clients see when they come in the door. So right. we're going in and patch up little things like that. So you guys are, you're kind of all over the lower mainland. Yeah. Is there, is there a, if I'm in Chilliwack, can I hire you to come? Uh, we do have jobs in Abbotsford right now. Uh, probably depending on the project, we'd consider going out to Chilliwack. The thing I always find disappointing, I've sold a few homes in Chilliwack. And whenever, you always think like, okay, right after Abbotsford, there's Chilliwack. No. Then you hit Abbotsford 
And you look down at the GPS and you're like, oh, I'm not close to Chilliwack yeah, it's yet. It's like 20, 20, 30 minutes <laughs> yeah. still, right, yeah. from there. We just on Friday made the mistake. Uh, we hired our first apprentice uh, about a month ago. And he and I were bombing out to the Abbotsford project on Friday afternoon to do a bit of work, try and get oh, some things teed up. And I didn't give time any it thought towards the long weekend long at all. Long weekend, yeah. yeah. Oh. Is it yeah. just lock? It can lock up, right? It's Everyone getting out of town. Poor planning on my part on that one. Cost us. Oh, geez. How many? So it's you. You have a, a partner. Yeah. Um, business couple apprentices. Business partner and one apprentice. We like if things keep going the way they're going for the next little while here, we'll probably be looking to bring on another apprentice. Um, we could consider grabbing a journeyman with some more skills already, but the problem right now is everyone who has skills is employed. And if they're not currently employed, you kind of have to wonder what the reason would be for them not being gainfully employed right now. It's so busy out there. Um, all the trades, you've got huge towers, projects going up yeah. at the SkyTrain stations. And hmm. so that's just sucking the, the labor force. For sure. Yeah. And anyone yeah. we talk to, like any of our trades, like my painter's like, oh, hey, do you know a painter? And the plumber's like, oh, if you have any apprentices who want to get into plumbing and the electrician's like, yeah, we need guys. So everybody's looking. Everybody's looking. Yeah. It's really busy. Wow. Huh. Well, so normally we would do news right now, but that's kind of Matt's bag. And also there isn't really any super exciting real estate news as far as I can tell. No, from last week, I would say more of the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we just get into our main topic with uh, with Cole? Start grinding them the hard questions. We we're, we got some really tough questions. <laughs> Fire away. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong. With that money, you lost wrong. Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, Cole, so before we get into this... Um, Home to High Rise, you guys have been officially a company for about nine months. Correct. And you're taking on tons of jobs. Tell me about the origin story. How, how did you guys begin? Where, where did this come from? Okay, so um, Rod Wingrove is my business partner, and we work together um, on the tools as drywaller, steel stud framer uh, for a contractor who did primarily tenant improvements in office towers downtown and all over the place. Mm. Um, so we work together for like... For starting 15 years ago. So these these were tenanted buildings? Yeah, mostly what it is is like someone's moving out of the fifth floor in Bentall 5 into whatever space and they want their new office to look however so. And so usually there's a oh, commercially designer. Tenanted. Commercial, commercial yeah. tenants. Okay. Commercial tenants. Um, and that was kind of the main thrust of what that drywall contractor did, working for various general contractors and designers, primarily downtown, but in business parks all over. Um so I met Rod that way and we came up through the trades sort of on a similar path. He might have been like one year ahead of me along the curve. We both got our He's not here. You can tickets. say you're way ahead of him. Well, I am now, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Surpassed him a long time ago. And uh, and so what happened was like sort of as we reached journeyman status, um, over the years we would do side jobs for make a little bit of extra few bucks here and there. And we used to joke around about um, just doing it on our own. Um, so after... Uh, a few years of doing the drywall thing, we both went, um, sort of continued on the career path to 
uh, a site superintendent role. So we both work for different general contractors in Lower Mainland, sort of supervising those. So you're not working projects. together at this point? No, that's right. We did end up working for one of the same general contractors. And again, it was one of those things where we would do some work on the side together. Someone had a basement suite they wanted framed or somebody did some drywall done, line your pockets with a bit of extra cash. We would do that kind of work. Um, and the site super role can be pretty exhausting. Like you, you've got to put a lot of hours in. It's really challenging work. There's uh, a lot on your shoulders. Uh, sort of the success of the project depends on you having it together and, and putting in a lot of hours. And sometimes in tenant improvements, especially there's weekend and after hours work and early morning work so that you're not disruptive in the building that you're working in. So any noise or drilling or anything that's life safety, a lot of that stuff has to happen before and after hours. So being a family guy, that's a bit of a challenge to squeeze in sometimes. Um, so in looking to sort of get out of the um, site super role, I took a contract position, sort of that was a fixed term, um, doing a hotel reno downtown, doing the finishing supervising for that. And I took that contract position with the idea of starting my own business. So I sort of did the dry run on my own while Rod was still with one of the general contractors we worked for. And after about three months of doing that, I, I let him know like, hey man, we gotta, I need you on board with this because it's smoking busy and I can't do it all myself. Yeah. And so we sort of, I mean, we jumped into it probably before we had done as much planning as we should have. Yeah. But the work was there and, uh, and we don't want to like, we want to satisfy those clients. Right. So we jumped in with two feet and, uh, and we've been going steady ever since. Cool. Okay. So I got a question. So homeowner, the senior ad or has been referred, someone passed on your, your info onto them. They uh, listen to this podcast. They listen to the podcast. And they've decided. Who doesn't? They've got your, your website, your email, whatever, phone number, however they get in touch with you. Um, and we should, we'll make sure that we can put yeah, all, we'll get all that info in, into, yeah. into the, uh, the podcast here. Um, what are some of, do you, have, do you have any sort of questions, any things that, that people come up with, uh, like on a regular basis you're, you're kind of tackling? It's always a similar question. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I guess one right off the hop, if someone's looking to have a renovation done, um, about half of them probably know right away whether they want to get permits or not. And then the other half are like, should I get permits? And it's a tough one to answer because every situation is different. Um, so, so sort of the parameters that we talk about, if you're looking for resale, it's always a good idea to have that work permitted. Now there's so many variables that go into it. Um, and depending on what scope of work they want to undertake, um, it sort of depends on each individual situation. But when you're talking about permits, you're probably adding, you know, six to eight to nine weeks of lead time and before it, the project you, can you be find, started. Do you find that that's pretty consistent amongst the municipalities and different cities and things like that? It's yeah, everyone's sort of like plus or minus, like depending on how busy they are. And I mean, everyone takes their holidays in the summer. Okay. Summer is the busiest time right. in construction. It always takes longer to get your permit through in the summer than it does in the off season. So. Right. So if someone's doing, okay, I need a kitchen remodel. I'm going to add an Island. They need to put electrical into that Island. Um, do you find people are taking permits out for, for things like that? Probably for something like that. They wouldn't. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that they have to, I mean that, so when we talk about permits, there's a bunch of different ways you can go with that. So your electrician can take out a permit to do that electrical work. And if you're just doing a kitchen, you don't necessarily have to have a building permit associated with that. Mm -hmm. And the electricians can turn their permit around in like a matter of days right. through okay. the safety authority or even through the municipalities. It's a lot quicker turnaround than a building permit. Okay. 
So why, something like why that. Why is it quicker for the electricians? Um, the building permit generally has to go through the whole process and they have to review um, egress and life safety and fire ratings and all the code. And there's a bunch more stuff involved with that because the electricians, um, I think because they're licensed, they're held to a standard that's predetermined uh, by the province. And okay. so some of that gray area is taken out of the way, I guess. Right. They see that their, their red seal number or whatever yeah. is and on there. And, yeah. And so they're accountable. And that sort of happens with new construction too, doesn't it? You're not necessarily getting someone from the city going into every single unit and double, <laughs> double checking all the electrical and, and plumbing connections. Yeah. With, and especially when you get into larger projects, it's like usually there's a, a engineers and certified coordinating professionals that have all that under their umbrella. And the city inspector is more often than not just checking out, um, documentation. Mm-hmm. He wants to see that the engineer has signed off on this and the plumbing engineer has signed off on this. Right. And it's really more of a collection of paperwork than a physical. Sure. And that's the minutia some, of the inspections. Yeah. And that's sometimes why we see little things falling through the cracks, depending on the developer, the builder, um, you know, what kind of quality control they have in place, superintendents, people look actually check in, check in people's work, um, where you see weird things that how did this, because how did this pass or, or whatnot, because there wasn't actually a physical inspection that took place. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of that like quality stuff comes down to the developer or builder on their quality control and deficiency checks and what their program is to, to rectify that stuff if the homeowner's already moved in. Right. So that's, that's sort of on them. So I want to do that kitchen. Um, again, we're here so you can give me a quote for my kitchen. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is the most I, self-serving episode I, I, we've ever done. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Everyone else is too busy to show up. <laughs> That's how you get someone yeah. now. Yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Est- estimates aren't free anymore. Um, for for a project like that, I, I don't even I don't have a designer. I kind of played around with the the IKEA tool to figure out where I want cabinets to go. Um, at what point should I be expecting that we're going to start ripping out cabinets from when I talk to you? And if say we are say we're doing permits because I'm opening up a wall. Are you talking about like what is the timeline of events? Yeah, I was saying like I'd really like to have this happen this summer. Should I call them a month ahead or am I like six months ahead to really get things drawn up and engineered properly? Yeah, yeah. So I would say if, if, you, if you account for eight weeks for permits, then um, and you need, if you're going to do permits, then you need a drawing to submit to the city that says what the scope of work is you're going to undertake. Mm-hmm. So however long it takes you to have that drawing created now that drawing in some cases if you're just doing a kitchen you could probably dial that up yourself on your laptop if you're savvy with that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but if you want to source like a designer to come in and do that do you guys get involved in that or is that done before you show up we can basically we don't do that work ourselves but we have contacts that can do that work for you so we can put you in contact with someone um or if it's if it's something small my kids are really good drawer (laughs) well i (laughs) <laughs> I've seen it all. Like I've, I've been at the counter at the here's, city. Here's like, my drawing. Is that a napkin? <laughs> while someone's applying for a permit. And of course they're there for like two hours while the, while the clerk is trying to explain to them that you don't have enough information on here to get a permit with. Um, so yeah, I've seen that happen before for sure. Just want to take a wall okay, down. So How hard can it be? So step yeah. one is they get the drawing. Yeah. And then what, let's go through this, the time. Okay. Yeah. So what happens be, next? Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly how long it's taken people to turn drawings around right now. We haven't had any where we've had to do that um, recently this summer. But like if you allow someone a couple, three weeks to make your drawing, maybe less than that, depending on the complexity. If it's just your kitchen and they don't have to worry about like when you get into taking walls down, 
someone along the way is going to ask if if that's structural or not. Sure. So mm-hmm. you have to show or prove or however you're going to say that it's not. And the the engine is I guess an engineer, um, yep. architect, engineer. Um, say we deal with a lot of old houses here in the US. Um, the city does have a lot of records for for homes built, but getting back and back there, you know, they might not have it. So. Um, if somebody can't track those downs, that down that person can at least come in and sort of see where point loads are, where how to transfer the weight and things like well, that. That comes and up then, in condos a lot too. Yeah, that's true. Because you got to get permission for you got to prove to your strata that you're not knocking the building down. Yeah, it's really difficult in condos. Like we we have a contact who is flipping condos in Abbotsford right now, and we're doing the work for him. Yeah. So he's got a couple of investors. He's got. Does he need an amazing realtor? I think he or has a, a relationship <laughs> with the realtor already, um, but uh, but he goes into every condo and as the client, he he's like, okay, well, we'll maximize the this place if we knock this wall down, or like let's take this wall out and make open this all up and it's going to be great. And we don't know because mm-hmm. we haven't. Ripped but down don't you load bearing? You just knock on it, right? Is that the, yeah, the that's usual? The, that's a standard technique. Just with your hand, you knock on it and go. Hmm. I think that's load bearing. <laughs> hmm. yeah. And if it and if your hand doesn't work, then the hammer next. Yeah. 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 Okay. Or run a stud finder across it. But so he had uh, he in the one unit we did, it had a little breakfast nook. Uh, we kind of opened it up a little bit. There was a funny closet off the kitchen dining area, and he wanted that blown out to expand the view from the kitchen to the living room. And of course, like it was all jam full of lumber. It was carrying a load and we don't know until we open it up. Um, but that's one of those ones in condos where everyone's like, oh, let's open it up. Let's open it up. And if it's an older building, a lot of those walls have stuff in them that you can't move. Right. That was actually the next wall he wanted to open up in the following condo had all kinds of plumbing and stuff in it that you just don't have any idea that it's there until you crack it open. Mm-hmm. Um, I know... I mean, I, I have some experience doing contracting and construction from way back in the day before real estate uh, and my own properties. But um, one thing I remember we would kind of get asked is like, so I see your quote here. Um, what if I do my own demo? It's going to save me some money, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get you get that one? Yeah, we get, yeah, we get that and all kinds of other things. You know, it's like um, my brother-in-law is an electrician. Like, I'm just going to have him do the electrical. And if he's a great electrician, that's no problem. But if we're trying to move the schedule along and we need rough in done by Wednesday so we can get an inspection or drywall on Friday or whatever the case may be. And he's busy on holiday or doing his day job or whatever the hmm. case may be that can prove challenging to deal with sometimes. Um, but with the homeowner doing demo, yeah, I wouldn't say they can't. We're always open to allowing people to, to bring whatever value they can or right. engineering to their own project to try and save a few bucks. But you know, when we are taking out a portion of drywall or a wall, like we'll cut that clean because we got a we got a butt to that to make it good in the end. Yeah. And if someone just goes with a hammer and smashes like crazy, like they see on HGTV, yeah. there's, there's a little bit more. I mean, there's there is definitely a skill and some art, some artistry to actually doing it properly, knowing what the next steps are, and yeah, not just opening sure. up and be like, now what? Yeah. So for whatever money that client potentially would have saved on, you know, us spending the time doing the demo, when we got a patch up to their work they've made bad then we got to go back cut that drywall back or taping it is going to be a nightmare and taping soaks up a lot of hours if you're going over bad work Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's there's i mean we could maybe try and guide that a little bit if the homeowner is really keen to do some of their own work but it can it can be challenging for sure site cleanup's helpful cleanup's good cleanup's very good access like move all your stuff out of the space is a really really huge one like super helpful yeah Hmm. what um 
What do you wish people who are hiring you guys understood that they usually don't? Well, I think, so one of the big challenges, um, and maybe this is because we try to be the good guys, maybe almost to a fault. Is a, is are a are both you and Rod good cop? Yeah, that's, yep, for sure. I think you could say that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, we do you, need talk a, about. you need a bad cop. I know, I know. It's true. I hear that. Uh, Matt's not here, so we can say Matt is bad cop for oh, the Jer Matt for team. for sure Matt's bad cop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, like, I think a big, big challenge is when a client doesn't know what they want. So they'll come in and they're like, yeah, I want my basement done. And I was thinking about like a skylight here and the bathroom here or maybe the bathroom here, but I also like the bathroom here. And so if they don't have like a clearly defined scope of work, mm -hmm. it, it takes a lot of effort to try and narrow that down and get it to be something um, that can work for them. Right. Because always what happens is they want more than their budget will allow us to give them. And Oftentimes in sorting through all of that, um, it can be a real challenge to sort of express to them like, hey, this fancy bathroom you want over here costs you this much more because all your plumbing roughing is over there. So yes, you can move it there and have like a nice wide hallway or a more open room or whatever your goal is or a window in your bathroom. But um, there's a reason why it's going to cost more to do over there. So, I mean, if there's one thing maybe homeowners and clients could do a little more research on their end to determine sort of what their scope of work they're looking for is. Hmm. What, what are some of the best places they could do that research? Like before they call a professional, where should they be looking? Good question. Um, I mean, it might be one of those things where, like, so this is something we get a lot is people bring us in early and it's like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing some work, but, um, you know, I'm not sure I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to do that. So like, I'd encourage people to talk to a few contractors. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we get a lot of calls from people who have had three contractors in already and their challenge is, oh, you know, one guy quoted me a thousand bucks to do my floor and the other guy quoted me 7,000 bucks to do my floor. Like which, which one is it actually going to cost me? Hmm. Um, so so if you're going to have work done, for sure bring in more than one guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so maybe not, like I don't know, maybe the best place to start for your research, but bring in more than one guy and get all their information and see sort of what their recommendations are. And if you hear from the same three contractors that you shouldn't put your bathroom in that corner, you should put it in this corner, mm -hmm. you probably know it's a pretty good idea to do that, right? Right. Hmm. Um. I was going to ask you just a, a sort of a random, do you have a, we had, when we were talking about permits, I forgot to ask you, uh, do you have a favorite city to work with? That's just like, it's just always a little bit easier with them or, uh, or a least favorite, I guess could work too. I do. I mean, okay. So I've been dealing with inspectors and, and the municipalities for long enough that I've probably got like nightmare stories and great stories for, for any of them. Um, so I don't, I couldn't say that I specifically have a favorite or least favorite. I have been bogged down at the city of Burnaby trying to get a permit for longer than oh, Bur other. classic Burnaby. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just chuck them right under the bus. I thought you were going to say New West, but no, you know what? I haven't, I haven't actually had to take out a permit in New West. Oh, oh okay. So there's still hope that we can, uh, so we could still could be, be the worst <laughs> or the best. So is there a nightmare story that you're willing to share? Yeah. So, okay. So we were doing an office in Vancouver 
It was on the second floor of a commercial building on Broadway, I think it was. And um, so the plans have been approved. Um, the permits stamped. It's on site. The framers are in there. They've framed up all the offices and the inspector comes in for the framing inspection. So he's walking around and he's poking around and he looks. And we're talking like eight or 10 offices probably in this space that are kind of all along hmm. one side of the space. Um, and the inspector flags it to us that each one of those offices needs a longer return from the dividing wall between the offices where the door is. And it's an accessibility issue. You need like at least a foot there for someone in a chair or with accessibility issues to be able to reach close enough to access the handle. So, mm -hmm. so he's like, yeah, you need to redo all of this work. Mm -hmm. And so my response was, well, yes, okay, if you say so, but how did this plan get through the whole permitting stage and you allowed us to now build all this like work. you executed the plan saw the drawing as it's got, it has their stamp on it mm. so the frustrating thing is is it doesn't matter like they're not <laughs> the city is not going to pay for you to fix all the work that they made you change they just say ah well we kind of missed it on that one yeah. that's why we have inspectors that's mostly like with commercial spaces is the accessibility having sure. a bathroom that's big enough all yep. that right yep so do you not get paid for that work then like the fixing it work no, so that's one where you have to go to the client and say, hey, listen, I'm going to need some a few extra bucks. We'll try and minimize the cost to you because it's not the client's fault either that right. that happened. Um, but on that one, and of course, like that's a tricky issue too, is you could go to the designer and say, well, how come you didn't design it right. properly in the first place? And they'll say, oh, well, we everybody's we got somebody to blame. For sure. And, yeah. the, and, the, and no one's ever willing to sort of take accountability for the mistake they mm -hmm. made in that. Often that falls on the contractor. Um, or, but unfortunately, usually it's going to be the client that has to shell out a few extra bucks. Mm. How, how often would you say, in, and we, when you're dealing with residential, that there's a, a, a interior designer or designer involved? Um, I'm not sure. Like we've, we've done some pretty, like a few of our most recent projects have been just finishing unfinished basement suites and it's not really high design. Sure. It's more like put some drywall on the walls, build us a bathroom, put some laminate or carpet down and let's call it a day. Yeah. So we haven't had too much work on our end through designers. We have had some like a um, couple designers that want us to do like feature walls. Like a lot of people are doing the ship shiplap wall. Throw a pallet on the yeah, wall. Yeah, that's right. A lot of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a few designers out there that are in touch with us that have us do that kind of work. But, um, and you guys probably have samples of materials. Like here's a couple, you know, flooring or, or, or types that you could do. Yeah, gen like so. Generally, when it comes to material sourcing, um, a lot of clients have a pretty good idea of what they want already. They've looked and at Pinterest if, and yeah, kind of come up with like exactly. a their own sort of design, right? Yeah, exactly. And if not, then what we'll do is say, okay, well, you know, for this, your flooring will cost you this much if you get this flooring, which is two bucks a square foot, or if you get this flooring, which is six bucks a square foot. So we usually try to build in that option into the pricing so that that they know how much or how little that could cost. I have a a client who uh, is also in the construction business and was redoing an entire house and they brought in a designer and for whatever reason him and the designer really butted heads and I mean he actually brought me over to the house to see it even though it, I wasn't selling the house he just we were looking for places for him at the same time and he's like come look at this and 
Every bathroom didn't make any sense. The doors were opening into into sinks and stuff. Oh my god! And I'm like, why did you do this? And he's like, I didn't. Well, I did, but because the designer insisted, and the client was like, well, I hired this designer. Do what they said, and then it all was crazy. A disaster. Doors opening the and wrong way. And he was redoing everything. Yeah. Wow. Ouch. Yeah, that hurts. I mean, in, so I've worked more with designers, sort of on the commercial level, um, but I think. Generally, in that now all relationship, hate me. <laughs> there goes our one designer listener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if the contractor can have a good relationship with the designer, they might, at times, inject a little bit of common sense. Yeah, into that equation somewhere along the way, um, just as it pertains to nuts and bolts and logistics of the build. And I think if you can have a designer and a contractor that have a good relationship, where a designer is open to that feedback from the contractor. Um, you might be in a better space. Yeah. Like, sure, it's doable, is, but yeah, it's gonna. You know, you remember when you said your budget was tight? Yeah, um, this mm-hmm. is going to to severely change that, right? Yeah, like like pocket doors. Everyone wants a pocket door in their bathroom because they don't like the door swinging in, right? Space is tight. Like, let's put a pocket door in. Well, sure, okay. You just called for a pocket door, but there's you know there's a light switch and there's plumbing and there's a thermostat. And that wall is carrying a load. So now to put a pocket door in, you got to like back frame and put, put a beam or a header in and move all that plumbing and move all the electrical. So, so when someone says like, oh yeah, it's a couple hundred bucks for a pocket door. That's not always the whole, well, and, whole case. And barn doors are way cooler than pocket doors. Barn doors are all over the place right now. I'm seeing so many barn doors yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. There's like boutique trades that are out there that guys just make their own barn doors and run around installing. Yeah. yeah. Can you lock a barn, barn door? If you have one on your bathroom, you gotta lock the seen. animals in the barn. So I guess there must so. Be a way. There's just like two by four that comes in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tricky part about barn doors is like a receiver for them to latch, right? Like it doesn't take a, a through handle like a typical door would, because right. it wouldn't be able to slide past the opening. And mm-hmm. then finding something for it to latch to the barn door doesn't, without having to build something to receive it, doesn't really work that great for that application. So if you don't care about privacy too much, then... Right. Yeah, like if it's your your ensuite, you know, like connected to your master bedroom, maybe that's a good place for a barn door. Yeah. If it's the main bathroom in the house, maybe... Probably not. Maybe put up a sign, knock first Mm. or Mm -hmm. or whatnot. What what advice would you give for uh, people who are just getting started, they're planning their reno, and they're having a hard time budgeting it out? Yeah, so I think I think that comes back again to bringing in a couple contractors. Like if you know you want new flooring and you know you need drywall on all the unfinished walls in your basement suite and you know you're going to need a toilet and you haven't decided if you're going to do a stand-up shower or a tub, um, but you have a pretty good idea of what you want the space to look like, mm-hmm. then bring in a contractor and get a quote. And then, it, and then I would recommend every time, no matter what you think of that quote, is to have a couple more guys quote that work as well. Yeah. Um, the tricky part for that is 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 make sure your contractors are all quoting the same work. So come up with a list and define that list as the basement suite scope of work. And then make sure that one guy's quoting on a stand-up shower with tiles around and the other guy's not quoting on a $300 bathtub insert from Home Depot. So you're getting apples to apples to apples and you can really take a look at who's providing you value. Yeah, it makes sense. And I was thinking, just remembering back to like scheduling, some materials you can't get or they're on back order too. So have a, have a plan B or at least have done that research to make sure that it's, it's around. For sure. If you're like sourcing 
something on the Pinterest thing, for example, some crazy light fixture from Europe or something that you saw in a magazine somewhere and you want your renovation done in a couple of weeks, like you might not be able to get that thing for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Do so you knows? usually end up getting the materials or do clients often have have the the stuff beforehand? So this is uh, a challenge we're having a little bit right now is we often will allow our clients to provide their own fixtures. And we do that to provide value to the client because if we purchase those materials, we'll put a markup on it because we're handling all the cost of it that. It takes you time. It takes to, time. Yeah. Uh, we're carrying the cost. We might have that. The cost of those um, materials, we might carry that for six weeks before we get paid for the client, depending on what the, the payment schedule is. Um, so we put a percentage on that. So in order to pr- provide value for our clients, we'll say, listen, if you want to buy your own IKEA cabinets at the IKEA kitchen event, like you go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, what happens is when we go to install it, um, three of them are ordered backwards. So then what that does is that takes us time to not be able to install the whole kitchen in one shot like we had planned on. And then we got to go back the next day or two days later because he had to change out the cabinets or whatever. So we're, we're finding that although we, we want to provide that value to the clients to be able to have them save a bit on that, um, when we go down that road, we really want to make sure we're working with the client to educate them on the pitfalls that we see people run into all the time with that kind of stuff. So we're trying to mitigate um, things going sideways on their end. Yeah, it's hard because we're we live in an age when we're the consumer so empowered with YouTube and and you know websites and there's you can learn so much on your own, but a lot of the times it's it's half of you know half of the whole picture uh and can be you know end up being you know dangerous costly whatever for sure yeah i mean for us like we find like it's always way better to have an informed client it just makes the whole process easier um the the challenging client if i can say that is the client that thinks they're very well informed and might not be Hmm. a little Um, knowledge is dangerous (laughs) a little um so we ran into a situation on a basement suite renovation where um the client was doing, or they were acting as a general contractor. So we weren't the general contractor. We were just the, the drywall trade and they were managing the rest of the project. So they had to have some work done. They booked us in. Uh, we had the space for, I think, 10 days uh, on our schedule and they had some challenges with their sprinklers and they couldn't get us in uh, when they had us scheduled. So it looked like they pushed us back about a week. Well, the following week we had different work scheduled. Mm-hmm. So now when they want us to come in, not on Monday the 10th, but the following Monday, we're now double booked. So we can't have all of our resources on that job like we had planned to. So, of course, um, in the client's eyes, it's like, well, no, I just move you back a week. It doesn't matter. It still should take you 10 days mm-hmm. to do the work. Well, no, now we can only afford to have one guy there and he can't finish it in 10 days if it was going to take two guys to finish it 10 days. Right. So then our timeline goes way out the end. Um, and it's really important to have the scheduling kind of locked down because for sure. you, if you are bringing in subs to do electrical plumbing, everyone's like you were mentioning earlier, like everyone's so busy. Um, all of a sudden now you're trying to find another guy. Um, yeah, that's, that's a huge challenge. I would imagine. That's exactly where things went with this particular client was that once it took us longer because we weren't, um, in there in the timeline, in the timeline that was allocated to us, um, the client was in like, well now. I can't get my electrician in and I can't get my flooring guy in mm-hmm. because um, because it took you too long. And it's like, well, yes, it did take us longer, but we were impacted by um, the situation where we couldn't get in when you said we were going to be able to get in. Right. So um, 
especially when things are super busy like they are right now and it's hard mm-hmm. to nail guys down like it sort of comes back to to making sure you do your planning and you have your ducks all in a row when you're bringing in contractors for sure yeah and that's nice to when you're um overseeing the whole thing that you can kind of manage that and you've got good rapport with your guys and, and your subs if you need them to to make sure that stuff is happening and and if you need a favor or a little bit of a, a later night or a, or a saturday it can, it can happen right? yeah for sure yeah that's, that's awesome. a huge benefit to being able to manage your guys is, is having your trades as opposed to sort of working with the brother-in-law like the uncle or whatever yeah. the case may be yeah <laughs> So uh, that's probably going to wrap up our questions, but we actually have a question uh, from the audience. But why don't, why don't we uh, play our question of the week bumper and then we'll get into it. Let's do it. Check out the big brain on Brad. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so uh, our question of the week is for you, Cole. Uh, so I put out uh, just a little social media stuff saying we were having you on and um uh leo asks um can you ask him why jobs never come in on budget and always take longer than expected and this was not i believe i do not believe leo is a disgruntled client of yours i think he's talking about contractors <laughs> in general in general yeah. i don't think this is directed at you specifically um but i think it's it's probably a pretty common question i would think yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, so that's a fact that that happens often. I would suggest it may um, be because they're doing their, their own general contracting that you just spoke of. Right. So there, so there's <laughs> that little story was an example of, um, maybe a difference in the contractors and the client's opinion as to why things have taken longer than they thought. Um, so another one, and I don't want to get into the thing where like I'm throwing all the other contractors under the bus cause there's certainly a lot of great contractors out there. Um, but one thing you will find on um, when you're having a few contractors in, there's the contractor who prices the $25,000 job at 20000 and says that he can do it in three weeks when actually he'll do it in four or five weeks. And he does that just to make sure that he's the one who gets the job. Now, that's not all contractors that do that, but there are certainly guys out there that sort of take that approach. I, I think that's in all businesses. Like in, in our we, business, we get, we get that too. We, it, it's called buying the listing. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, most people will do what you said with contractors with realtors too. A lot of people will interview two or three realtors. Yep. And a lot of people base their decision on which realtor they pick with who gives them the highest selling price. And they really a, believe that my home's worth yeah, that. And, and, and yeah, and there's a lot of times where there are guys and girls out there who will give a higher selling price, right? Knowing full well that it's not going to sell for that, but they just want to get the listing, right? And then they'll get it reduced later and sell it at the same price everybody else. And once they're in, they're in, yes. right? Same with the renovation. Yeah. Once that guy's once he's three weeks in and he's asking for the extra five grand and telling you it's going to take three more weeks, then. What do you do at that point, right? Yeah. You're, not, yeah. you're not firing them halfway through unless right. it's really, really bad. Right. And then so so I'd suggest that that's one situation that can lead to the project being over budget and past the timeline. Um, another thing could be unforeseen conditions. So if you're undertaking a renovation, like you should put aside 10% or maybe even a little more to deal with the stuff that comes up that's unseen. That's a good, that's you, a really you, important you one. You don't know what's behind things. the walls. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, just for an example, uh, in one of the Abbotsford condo renovations that we're doing, uh, it's an old building. Um, the existing unit had like shag carpet all over the place and, you know, pink curtains and the whole like hideous sort of seventies look or whatever. Um, 
and the client had allowed for a new laminate flooring. So we peeled up all the carpet and we started looking at the floor and they were like over a span of like six feet. There was like an inch and a quarter dip in the floor. Hmm. Well, the frame it had all settled and it's a really old building. Well, to put laminate down on top of that, you got to fill all those holes. Hmm. So that's just one of those site conditions that comes up. That sounds expensive. That's stuff self-leveling. Bought a, bought a couple bags. Like, holy crap, this yeah, is expensive. 50 bucks a bag, probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I, when I did my floors in Rachel and I's first place the leveling cost as much as the floor did. Yeah. I didn't know you were handy. You did floors? No, when I hired somebody oh, to okay. do the floors. <laughs> when you hired Cole to do the floors. It wasn't me. No. <laughs> no. It, uh, I don't think you had your own business yet. No, I don't think I did. No. Um, but that's, so like, that's the, like a classic example of the unforeseen site condition that is a reality of renovations. Like yeah. as a, as a client or undertaking that work, you should set aside some money in the budget in the budget for that kind of stuff to come up, um, and as a contractor, you should be trying to identify those potential pitfalls to your client before you start the work. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this wall that you want us to put a window in, I don't know, I can't see until we open it up. What might be behind there? Mm-hmm. Um, so when just so they have an idea, when you're pitching the client, how do you combat that? Because let's say I'm a contractor. And I'm really going to tell the client the truth, but I also don't want to lose the business. Like, how do you, how do you fight that? Yeah, it's a tough one. So, I mean, our approach, um, especially right now that everything being as busy as it is, is, is we're not out to make, this might sound kind of funny, as much money as we can on every one of our jobs Mm -hmm. in that prices are inflated right now. And we're not out there trying to gouge people, um, or like, yeah, we don't really want that job, but let's just throw a really high number at it. And if we get it, great. We make great money and we're on to the next one. Um, what we're really trying to do is build lasting relationships mm-hmm. because eventually it's not going to be this busy. And you want to be the person they call back for that work when the market's not going crazy. So, I mean, I mean, we're, we try really hard to be honest and give the client value. And hopefully that shows through in our interactions with the client when we're there with them. Um, But I mean, that's, that's kind of it. And people change. I'm sure you you probably have this where someone all of a sudden does want something different or more expensive. And you're like, you realize I am redoing yesterday's work. Yeah. Um, Those things, I guess, would kind of add up to potentially. Is that common that the plan changes midway through, through the work? Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And again, like that's one of those ones where you, if the scope's not clear going into it, you want to identify to the client, like, listen, if you, today's the day to change your mind. Like we've done all the layout. Mm. This is what the, your walls look like drawn on your floor. This is the point of They're, no return. Tape, tape it They're out. They're going to be standing up tomorrow. So if you want to make a change, like if you want this to be a wider doorway opening and not a door, then you got to make that decision now. Right. Um, so then again, that's incumbent on the contractor to have that walkthrough at the stage of layout to say, this is what it looks like. Um, speak now or forever hold your peace kind of thing. Or we can always change it. We can change it after it's drywall, but it's just going to cost you more money, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that's that's pretty helpful info. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was great, Cole. Thank you very much for joining us today. That's probably going to wrap up our episode. Oh, now, we didn't have time to talk about some of the things for resale and resale value oh should we do that next episode talk about selling stuff or did there was there something you wanted to cover now no i i I don't i haven't yeah 
next episode. So maybe next episode, what we'll do is we'll take some of the stuff Bang we talked about and talk about. Okay, now where where do you prioritize? Yeah. What, what sh- if you're doing this? Like if if somebody's renovating for themselves versus renovating for the sell sale, what uh, where should they spend their time? Like if if I was gonna hire Cole to get my place ready to sell. Where where should where I where should I send money, Cole where... to make me money? Which uh, you actually are very good at. Uh, Cole Cole uh, was. What year did you buy? We're actually like blocks away yeah, from your first in place. the old stomping grounds here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what year was that? Do you remember that you bought? Two thousand and nine. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Cole bought down at Discovery Reach, which is just nice. close to where we are right now. Love that building. And he did a beautiful renovation uh, on on that home and, yeah. uh, and has been renovating a nice house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> forever. I've forever. Been renovating my own home forever. <laughs> it's like the carpet or the, the shoemakers kids all have holes in there. Yeah. In their shoes. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah, let's cover that next episode, but Cole, if people want to get a hold of you, where, where can they find you? Yeah. We're on Instagram at home to high rise. And then if you want to send us an email, you can do Cole at home to high rise.com or, Rod at home to highrise.com. Are you are you and Rod both running the Instagram? Or no, does one of you take um, ownership of that? No, Rod is better behind the lens and I'm clearly better in front of it than him. So <laughs> we, let, we let him we let him take the pictures. Awesome. Well uh Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, uh, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That helps uh, other people find us. Our, I'm, I'm very excited. Our natural listener, like amount of listeners has more than doubled since when uh, our first couple weeks. That's great. So um, we've got our moms and aunts and yeah, uncles. Yeah, it's not grandma just moms and grandpa and, are listening. And yeah, na- now maybe dad is listening as well. Yeah. Actually, my dad definitely doesn't listen. No, your wife doesn't even listen. <laughs> um, maybe yeah. we should also get feedback if... Uh, maybe you like the episode better because Matt wasn't here or maybe um, <laughs> you want to know when he's coming back because this was awful. I'm, I'm uh, glad Matt's know. your partner. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, any questions or comments, uh, feedback at morealestateshow.com. And uh, we are running out of questions of the week. So uh, if you have a question for us to ask, that would be great. Uh, if you want to find uh, Matt or Jer, they are at thenewwestguys.com. And uh, you can find me at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. So I mentioned I went to Tony Robbins, uh, which I was terrified about because like it's it's screaming, it's yelling, it's it's a whole thing. And, and Rachel had never done anything by and she did really well, except one of the speakers was the guy who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. <laughs> oh, great book. And uh, <laughs> he opened with, so all men want to do is serve and protect and all women want to do is take care of their family. And I just saw Rachel's eyes like tighten. That was the first person? That was no, no, he was I think he was number 2. But he he basically wrote an entire book which he says is the number one selling relationship book of all time, which may be true. My parents It's just a huge generalization about men and women. I 
Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit more to it, but it was essentially like, now the man wants to go out and hunt, and the women just want to take care of their babies. Sounds like my grandpa. Yeah, well, he could have been your grandpa. Um, but you guys are both family people, so um, would 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 Jane or Sherry have, have enjoyed this? <laughs> this? No, I, I can imagine Sherry's response would have been very similar to Rachel's on that. <laughs> How yeah. cute does this guy think he is? She just started vibrating, and I decided to like get up and go get a glass of water. At that point, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm just for gonna, her? no, for me, no, just to be away from. <laughs> Jeez, from yeah, it. my wife wouldn't have no. That, that no, well, Jane, Jane went to, Jane went to one of those type things with you once, right? No, are you talking about this PSI thing? Yeah, yeah, that's not really anything like that, though. Really. Isn't it the same no, sort because of... it's more, in, it's like a full interactive, like workshops and things like that rather than uh, like speaking, like just a speaker. Okay. There was speaking involved. But, but she hated it. Did she, she, didn't, she didn't say that. Jane hated it. Come on. Yeah, she never she told did. me that. She told me it was dumb. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I'm glad that you guys have a more honest and open relationship. <laughs> than, uh... So Jeff, how did Rachel cope through... Like, if that was her initial reaction, how did she do? She did not enjoy men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Uh, she um, she kind of shut down, and then she got back into it. Um, like, she, she enjoyed the the thing overall, but that, yeah. I think that would have been the one speaker. Oh, and there was one other. There was a lady from Vancouver who uh, runs a how to tell, like, how to be a good storyteller company like storytelling for business Hmm. and she's she's done a tedx talk she's she's been all over the place and she was the worst storyteller i think i've ever ever heard and i mean on the drive home and i hadn't said a word to rach yet but i'm like was was that good her story and rach was like no she was awful and then Uh, she she went (laughs) off but uh other than those two she uh she dug it it uh Yeah, and, and the, the other weird thing about it, so Cole, this may not be a part of the uh, uh, home renovation business, but uh, events with speakers on self-improvement is very common in real estate. Yep. Now, this one was not a real estate specific one, but mm-hmm. the, these, these workshops happen all, all the time, and it's very normal for realtors to go to them. And one thing that happened, though, that was really strange is I looked around, and the majority of women there not all but i'd say over 50 percent were dressed like it was friday night at a club (laughs) what oh yeah yeah it was it was really weird and and men too like men in like real tight muscle shirts showing off how jacked they were and uh like i looked at rachel and i was like you know this is not what the real estate seminars are like like the the, this whole thing i have no idea what's going on i've never seen this before i have no idea where i am yeah but this this isn't this isn't normal. And, and Rachel's theory was that there were a lot of people going to Tony Robbins to meet people, hmm. which would never oh. occur to me. But uh, like for dating? Yeah. Like to meet, oh. meet someone there, which I, I feel like would be a very difficult endeavor. Yeah. Were there like are other drinks? Like, is there like a social event, dinner, dancing? Maybe people get DJ? together afterwards. I don't know. There, How there, do you there's, make a connection when someone's speaking at you the whole time though you know 
You look over that and seems go, odd to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, nice you, you do break nice into little groups to do things every once in a while, hmm. but that seems like the real long shot, right? Like you're like, I hope the one of the two random people I'm assigned to to talk to is cool. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's not my jam. Yeah. So did she sign up for the one-on-one coaching? <laughs> no, there, there, there was no pitch. There Nothing? Was, there, there was no... Um, oh, no, that's not true. We did. Yeah, um, You did sign up or there was one? Th- there was a guy on who uh, spoke on investing and uh, he had another thing that... Uh, How to become a millionaire in three days? No, he, um, he, he did... Uh, basically, he, he's done a ton of investing and he's got this software that uh, helps you kind of track your stocks and figure out when the right time to sell and buy and sell is. And then he's got a little course that, that does it, but it's like, it's not, it's not coaching. It's like, here's my book. Here's access to the software for like a year. It works out to like 26 bucks a month. Do you need stocks to use it? Well, yes, yes, you do need, you need, you need the stocks. I'm out too. Well, I don't have any either, but I'm just. But maybe I'll buy some. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get some stocks. Yeah, some stocks. You can buy Facebook stock. It's dirt cheap right now. I think. Yeah, Facebook stock. It's a good place for you to start. Yeah, maybe that's a good place for us to end. Mm -hmm. Next episode.